0: Got me? Got me? Can you hear me? Super fragilistic espialidocious. No. Hey, it sounds like you can hear me. Terrific. Well, you're going to have to endure this right now. That awkward silence. I'll try to fill it in, but um, I want to get this part done so I can talk about something else. Yeah, um, as Ty alluded, uh, experience, definitely experiencing some issues and tragedy in the family. Um, For those that have uh, little ones that won't know what this is about, you're going to have to explain it. Um, It's nothing that we shouldn't hear. But my wife, yeah, she's uh, up in Eureka right now uh, with our son. Um, our son, uh, our son's wife uh, took her life. So um, happened Friday. Uh, sucks, and uh, that's about all there is that I really can say about that. So, um, but with that being said, I obviously um, I was preparing this message. Uh, this this week only this week I, I usually got to take a lot longer than that. But uh, um, Joe asked uh, if I had a pocket preach, and and I didn't. But I said I will come up with something, Joe, um, because the body needs to hear hear this, and um, and it's uh, as you can see it's. In your notes there, it says, Rest, Sabbath, Work. That's the best title I could come up with. So, uh, but with that being said, it kind of ties in with what has been happening about the last couple weeks with, with our apostolic visit with Steve Sudworth and then Joe last week doing the follow-up. And the whole idea here is about Jesus preparing and equipping us uh, before He was starting to move, uh, gathering the disciples um we know the story is there if you don't read about it in the bible it's a good way to get in the word because um, this life is not about checking boxes as much as i would love it to be that i mean kelly mentioned it the other day she, she writes stuff down that she doesn't even have on the list and then she crosses it out so um well there's nothing wrong with that right As long as you get them other things done, too, that you had on there. (laughs) But um, it's being in step with the Spirit, you guys. Um, We do have to do things. It's just part of this life that we live. But we don't have to do it in a way that takes us off God's course for us, right? So I also was... Uh, thinking about how steve had mentioned you know catching the wind and uh both joe and steve hit on that again Uh, joe hit on it last week and that was pretty good huh if you were here so let's see how this message is going to tie in you ready Yep. no good okay cool so not sure how long this is going to be um maybe the volunteers in the kids ministry are going to love me um we'll see um Uh, Today's title, yeah, Rest Sabbath Work, and how do these words mesh together in a way that doesn't wreck us? So let's face it, you know, we live in an ever-changing world, uh, culture changing all the time, and every time we turn around, there's a new gadget or social media platform, and I don't even know how many G's our phones have now, but um, at the risk of my age being a factor with this statement... The world's moving too fast, and I need to stop and assess what is up. Um, How about you guys? All right, so let's get going. So what I'm going to try to do here is define these words and see if uh, we can have some kind of a practical, spiritual application for our lives, to see if we can hear and listen to the Holy Spirit when it comes to all this busyness in our lives. So that first word, um, rest, Merriam-Webster defines it at, at least it's, it's one I picked anyways. It's used as a noun, as peace of mind or spirit. Well, you know what? God's Word just so happens to have a verse for this definition. It's interesting because uh, two weeks ago when we had the apostolic visit, I had a word for the, the body and it was Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. I didn't know what Steve's message was about. And um, I, I shared that word with you guys. And the interesting part is Steve had, had the same verses in his message. So you can't tell me that the Holy Spirit's not working in those situations. Um, so again, I think it's, it's very apropos that I'm going to share it again. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28-30 Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So check out this picture they're going to throw up there. That's two oxen that are yoked together. And I don't know if you've heard stories about it, but When two oxen are yoked together, they can produce even more strength than just them by themselves yoked together. It's beyond two oxen. So it's pretty cool. And that's the same thing with us. If we're yoked to Jesus, we're in sync, right? So this is what Jesus is referring to when he says, take my yoke upon you. Ty hit on it earlier too, that yoke to learn. Or be yoked to me. That's what Jesus wants us to do. That is what is going to provide that rest we all need. Because we are able to utilize His strength and His power. That might sound a little bit different. How do, how do we get rest with His strength and His power? Well, it's because we're not working in our own strength, right? We're working in His strength. We may be trying to do all these things in our own strength and growing weary. We need the peace and rest. We need it for our physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. When Jesus is saying rest in Him, He's saying those times when your body is broke or you just can't take another shred of bad news or even when your spiritual life seems to be a train wreck due to sin, reach out to Him. Again, get yoked up with Jesus. Plug into your community ask for prayer. These are the things that are going to get us in the right frame of mind and being spirit-led. And that's a sweet spot too because we're going to find times where we're alone with Jesus. We're alone with God. And we need to be alone sometimes with God. Even Jesus went away to be alone and recharge Check out this verse, Matthew 14, 23. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Find that time, you guys. Find it. Get in the habit. Joe hit on it last week. Get that cup of coffee in the morning and just be in his presence. Ask him into your presence. Demand that his presence be there. He wants to be there. So I I know what you're thinking. Hey, Chuck, uh, that's easy for you to say. You know what? It is easy for me to say, but it's not easy to do. And I get that. It's hard to get alone with Jesus. I catch myself all the time trying to do this life in my own strength. And it's hard to trust and have faith. One thing I know, if I'm not building on that right foundation, of putting Jesus right in the center of of my life, the cornerstone of my life, I'll slowly lose what has been built on Him. It's kind of like exercise, right? It's going to the gym and sticking with it. If we don't, we lose that momentum. It's not easy to fall right back into the busy culture of, of our lives that we really are trying to escape at times. And we know we need to get alone with Jesus and get yoked with Him, and ultimately, this is what is going to allow that rest to come over us. We just need to find what that looks like for each of us. Now, referring back to Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I have a good example of learning from Jesus and letting Him have the reins. I had a moment in my life that stopped me. My wife had passed, or my mom had passed away, sorry, and And my dad finally thought it was a good idea to move in with me after a couple years of me asking him. It was hard for me uh, to to manage his finances and house, uh, mainly because he lived in Arizona and I had to do everything on the phone. So I couldn't just jump in the truck and uh, cruise on over there and figure out (laughs) what was going on. So that happened. And also me being single at the time, trying to raise my daughter and boys who are coming over every other weekend... That was part of the equation too in all of this i was able to finally tell god that i was okay with being single for the rest of my life thinking i couldn't get anything or add anything in my life at that point so it wasn't six months later that uh i meet kelly my wife six months after that i asked her to marry me seven months after that we got married and we just celebrated 16 years this past Friday. So, yeah. And that was me turning over the reins. That was me surrendering, you know, my life because I couldn't do it in my own strength. So I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not painting a picture here of, of saying that all good things like that are going to happen. But you give your life to Christ it can't be nothing but good things in his eyes. Amen? That's the bottom line. And I know I needed to be yoked with, with Jesus and trust in him. And I need to throw my plans out the window. Uh, because anytime, I've said this a lot, anytime that I uh, want to hear God laugh, I tell him my plans, right? <laughs> Do we really need to have it all figured out? Can we rest in Jesus? And the things will work out? Yes, we can. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good. For those who are called according to His purpose. You're going through the crap. Yep, I just said that out loud. When you're going through that, guess what? God's still there. And He's not going to let you go. You're going to be in His grip. It's better to be in his grip than to let the devil have a foothold and you get in his grip. I'm telling you that right now. I got a great verse here. That's a great verse. But another way that do, what that does is it segues me into what the Sabbath is all about. Now referring to the Sabbath, it can mean some different things to people. And I don't want to get lost in the weeds in this. So I'm going to read a definition and talk about it. The Sabbath, you might see that up here on the screen too. The history of sabbatical and Sabbath. Take a break. We tend to think of sabbatical in academic terms as a school year free from teaching duties that can be devoted to research, travel, and writing. Traditionally, this occurs every seventh year. Because of this scholarly context, we may easily miss what is hiding in plain sight. That sabbatical is related to Sabbath, which refers to the biblical day of rest, or the seventh day. We trace the origins of both sabbatical and Sabbath to the Greek word sabbaton, and sabbaton itself traces to the Hebrew word shabbat, meaning rest. As you can see in that definition, rest is involved here too. And I would go so far as to say we need to stop. Stop working, stop worrying, stop wanting, and rest in Him. Create that time, create that day. If you've been here for the last uh, few weeks, we've been touching on this overall theme of Sabbath. We also referred to a book by John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. In an excerpt from that book, Comer says, you need to take a day of your week to slow down. He adds, the Sabbath is more than just a day. It's a way of being in the world. It's a spirit of restfulness that comes from abiding, from living in the Father's loving presence all week long. So looking at it this way, it kind of sets us up to be more effective for God's kingdom. You know, I have said, I've said this many times too. I can give 100%, but it really is not making sense if I'm giving 100% by doing 25% here, 25 there, 25 there, and 25 there to equal 100%. What makes sense is that I use His strength, God's, to do 100% of what He wants me to do in one thing. And if He gives me the strength to do more, I'll take it on. But my point being is we're not being effective if we are 25% in four things to equal 100. It's just not the way it should work. That meaning our lives are so busy that we can't give 100% to each of those things. Yeah, and it's, it's not about productivity or efficiency. It's about producing and being effective for God's kingdom. A buddy of mine helped me change that word from efficiency to effective. Able to flourish to come alive with more energy, more fulfilling fellowship, more understanding of where God is calling us. I've been exploring this idea of Sabbath. I've checked out the verses in the Bible and looked at some commentaries and some theologians. The main thing is to commune with God without distraction. Bring Him in on all the stuff and things. And we get lost in all the different parts and forget that I need G- to get with Jesus. Too simple of an idea? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. And here's why. As, I've done, as I have done some of these things to help me see Jesus and hear Jesus, I have sometimes stumbled on a deeper part of what God wants me to be a part of. Take, for example, this particular situation. I had a thought. I'll open the Bible and just open up the Psalms. And read one. Easy enough, right? I, met, I meet up with a friend. He says, hey, how about I read it too? So the next time I set aside to Sabbath, which is Mondays for me, I started defining what each verse in that psalm means to me. You should have saw the stuff that was popping out. I just couldn't write that fast at first. So it was just a bunch of chicken scratch at first, and then I kind of had to do it again <laughs> so I could reread it. But The whole idea is I was recognizing that it was taking me deeper into what I was supposed to get out of those verses. Just setting that time aside and having someone say they would too got me going in the right direction. Just dialoguing back and forth about the verses. Gets that conversation always pointing back to God and what God wants. To know how to get to that deeper level, to continue being yoked with Him and this is part of working in the spirit of god hearing that voice of the holy spirit and just being obedient working through what god put in my wheelhouse it still takes work you guys but it's a different kind of work work that will give us peace since work came up we're going to study we're going to check out the definition of that here the definition says to perform work or fulfill duties regular, regularly for wages or salary. So most of us relate to this definition. In an excerpt from a book I was checking out, it said that one in four employees give his or her best effort on the job, and that about 20% of the average worker's time is wasted, thus producing, in effect, a four-day work week. That's nobody in here, right? I got gotcha. you. So, trying not to, you know, build a rocket ship here. G- Genesis talks about God, the Creator. Creator, you work as a creator, right? There's work there. Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis talks about being made in God's image. Genesis one twenty seven. So God created mankind. In his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. If we are created in God's image, we are meant to work like he worked. Now stay with me here. God created man and put man in the garden to work it. Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. This working in the garden needed to take place even before the fall, before the issue of eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Work is good, though there is a narrative out there that says work is evil or beneath us. I ran across a quote from a guy named David Ben-Gurin saying, we do not consider manual work as a curse or a bitter necessity, not even as a means of making a living. We consider it as a high human function, as a basis of human life. The most dignified thing in the life of a human being and which ought to be free, creative. Men ought to be proud of it. Now, obviously, we could take this proud part too far. But the idea is there. No, we are to work. Then in this verse, Genesis 2-2, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day for all his work that he had done from it all. The thought here is that since God created all this and we are made in God's image, someone will still need to take care of it all. Adam and Eve had one job. They needed to work and then rest. So how is this related to resting in the Sabbath? Well, if we rest well and incorporate that rest on a regular basis, we can work in a way that helps us be more effective and productive, along with utilizing our God-given gifts to glorify Him. That statement mentioned earlier about one in four employees giving work their best effort. We're told in Scripture to give it our best effort. Colossians 3:23 Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Here's the thing, and I don't know how to say this. I get it. Getting locked into a career or a job that doesn't bring fulfillment. Bring that career before the Lord. If you're here, if you hear clearly to make a change, do it. Don't work in something that makes you go home and kick the dog. Maybe that best effort will be in the right career once you have prayed about it. Now, we don't want to hear about a bunch of people quitting their jobs and all that stuff now, because the biggest thing here is you never quit a job before you get another one. I was always told that anyway, right? Work unto the Lord, and and ultimately, who is our boss come on. Yes. Thank you. As humans, we can make these huge pendulum swings from being lazy to workaholics. I was going to say it. Don't be lazy. Don't be a workaholic. I had uh, just got out of high school and uh, I was working landscaping and I don't, I don't know how it came about, but I was called lazy And I'll never forget that. (laughs) And I said, I am never going to get called lazy again. But what that can do sometimes is lead into being too busy too. So there's a balance. I'm 56 years old now and I'm still trying to figure it out, you guys. So if you can find it out younger than I am now, you're going to be ahead of the game. So that's the challenge here. But ask God in His strengths, right? Right? Amen? Yeah, let's be humans who call ourselves Christians, take it back to Scripture, and let God's Word dictate your life, not the current, ever-changing, fast-paced culture we live in. That way, when something changes in our culture, we can ride it out without it being a surprise, and we can take it back to God, God's Word, and see if it fits. doesn't fit, don't do it. If you find yourself here today and you don't know who Jesus is, especially after hearing all this, I implore you to come up front after the service and talk with somebody. We'd love to hear about that especially. Because Jesus is our Savior, period. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Amen. I want to pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to bring your word this body, I pray that it landed. I pray that it went in the ears and it'll stay in there. Only by your strength, Father. Not because I said it, but because you are working and you have been working and you continuously are working and you're continuously blessing us. Help us to acknowledge that. Help us to recognize that. Help us to be in those moments. Help us to just work for you. Be servants for you. Not because we have to, but, but because we get to. And we thank you for all that you do in our lives, now have done and will do in the future, Lord. Amen. If you could please stand.